This is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to episode 281 of the Kevin's Barbecue Joints podcast. And I'm excited to bring you my interview with Joe McGregor. And if that name doesn't ring a bell, if you're into barbecue at all, which I assume you are because you're watching or listening to this, you have probably seen the Ministers of Smoke Instagram page with amazing portraits and pictures of barbecue joints. Well, Joe McGregor is behind that, and I wanted to talk to him all about that and how it got started, and as you really know, I'm into photography and interviewing photographers, especially in the meat and barbecue world, so I wanted to pick his brain and see what equipment he was using and the methodology, and he gets all into that, and he gets into what this is all about and what the overall plan is with this. He also has a second life, which most of us do, and uh, that's interesting, and it's interesting to see how it weaves into what he does here. And then he also has a podcast called Battle Rattle, and uh, I'll put a link to that below, but he talks about that. It's about military battles, but smaller ones that you may not have heard of. It's really cool. But like all these, I just want to catch all the different facets of the barbecue world and let you get some insight into that. And if you've seen this, Ministers of the Smoke Instagram going around, people sharing photos from it. Now you know who the guy is, and if you see him out in the wild, you'll be able to say hi. And the Kevin's Barbecue Joints podcast and YouTube show is powered by Centex Smokers. You can check them out on Instagram at Centex underscore smokers. That's C-E-N-T-E-X underscore smokers. Give them a follow. You'll be more than amazed with the product that he puts out. Beautiful finishes, beautiful craftsmanship. Doing some stuff from really heavy hitters, especially look, try to scroll through his feed and see the one he just did for Ernest Cervantes at Burnt Bean Company at the new place in Seguin. Really killer, really beautiful. It's like a showpiece. Anyways, it's Centex Smokers based out of Luling, Texas. They're about four to five months out. Give Michael a DM for a quote. Again, that's Centex underscore smokers. And if you're enjoying these, please subscribe. That way you don't miss out. Hit the bell notification, apparently that puts it into your feed. I have a website at kevinsbbqjoints.com. Tons of cool stuff, lots of content. Keep adding every day. At the end, hope you're staying safe, staying sane. Have a great week. Good morning, Joe. How are you? I'm incredible. Yeah, incredible. I mean, wow, that's that's a good, that's good. Wow, excellent. And also, cool, like you said, you're getting your vaccine today, so that's that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a, hopefully, hopefully it is a good thing. Yes. We'll see. I think it will be, yes. I wanted to talk to you because you have an Instagram page, Minister of Smoke. I want to know how you started that, but I want to get to why you have such a passion for barbecue, and then we'll explore your photography and everything else, and you have a couple other things going on, and obviously you have a, a, a fondness for um, military battles too, right? Yeah, that's right. Kind of a random interest of mine. Is uh, uh, obscure military history, yeah. So did you grow up in Texas? I did. I'm from a really small town in central Texas, Salado, Texas, which is not very many. The only people that have heard of it is uh, me and uh, Clayton Cook there at Leroy and Lewis. We're both from Salado, and very few people are from Salado. So it's a tiny town a little north of Boston. How many stoplights? I mean, maybe one or two. I When I graduated high school, there weren't any stoplights. What? So, wow. yeah, my graduating class was 57. So wow. it was a, a small town. It's grown a lot since then. But I mean, I don't I don't know. Maybe, maybe one or two. Well, it's interesting when I when I, I lived in Taylor a long time back and I dr- drive to Austin and back and forth. And there's so many little towns that you yeah. drive through, especially off the beaten path, that it's different than I live in California. And so it's it's different going through some of these Texas towns like you can go through them and not even know that you've even been through yeah. it and i think also too i always heard that you're supposed to slow down through these small towns because there's police that are waiting to get you well not, not in my town we didn't have a cop there were, <laughs> there were no police officers so you could do uh, uh virtually anything you wanted to it, but but i mean it's on i-35 so if you're driving from dallas to austin 
you're driving through it. And I meet people all the time. Now I live in Dallas and I meet people all the time. Uh, they're like, oh, where are you from? I'm from Salado. And uh, they're like, oh, I never heard of it. And I'm like, well, have you ever driven to Austin? Like, oh, I drive there five times a year. I'm like, well, you pass through my town five times a year and it's so small. You didn't yeah. even know it existed. That is the upbringing. Is there a barbecue spot in your town? There is. There's always been one. I think there's two now, but uh, there was one always. Uh, I think like the year I was born is the year they opened up and they've been going ever since. So what's it called? It's called Cowboys Barbecue. So so. What are they known for? Chopped beef? Yeah, that's the type of place it is. It's which isn't so bad. Which isn't it's if it's been around for a long time, it they've something they're doing something right for the crowd. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, but but I mean that was the barbecue that I grew up. Uh, but between that and in what you did at home, uh, that is, you know that that was the barbie. So it's this new revolution of. Of, of why well, I guess they call it craft barbecue. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's fairly new because that is not the type of barbecue that I grew up with. Did you go to school somewhere? Out, obviously, you had, there's no college outside in no, your yeah, town, I, within Salido. I left the state for about a decade, so between college and law school oh. and uh, and some work between Idaho and Utah and Ohio, uh, L.A. I spent a couple of years in L.A. and did uh, I, I did a semester abroad in in China. So. Spent a, a few, Look at uh, that. a little little bit of time outside of the state, but I, I came back eventually. Wow. What did you, so what did you think of living in LA? I thought it was fine. <laughs> just, just fine. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, so sometimes it gets a lot of criticism and I, I didn't think it was as bad as, uh, and sometimes people criticize just just like every place is not as good as people uh, claim it is. It's, I agree. Yeah, it's it's it was fine. Yeah. yeah. And then China did China was China because did you have a were you interested in the culture? Were you interested in the language? Or, or did you, you just want to go somewhere completely yeah. different? Yeah, I had a minor in Chinese. I was studying Chinese. And so during college. And my wife and I both went uh, huh. there. So, so interested in both the language and the culture. And uh... I had a, I minored in Japanese, and I lived in okay. Japan, yeah. I lived in Japan for a year. So that's just kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. I, I, I never became a lawyer, so there's we, we don't we don't share that we don't share that path. Now, what was what type of law did you want to go into, and what, and what type of law are you practicing now? You know, it's a really good question because I had like three or four things that I thought I wanted to do, but for the most part, I went in with the intent of becoming a, a corporate lawyer and I, I do business law now I, I'm a business lawyer most of my clients are healthcare clients and uh, but our firm does multiple things but I just happen to do business law on your Instagram it says dental law is that just that, that's right because because most of my, probably 95% of my clients are dentists like me, me personally not not necessarily the firm but uh, so we help or I help clients like buy and sell dental practices. It's just super niche. I mean, like it's the most random niche thing, but it's great. I have a good time with it. So after law school, I worked for kind of a, a big law firm and doing mergers and acquisitions. And this is that, but on a micro scale, and it's so much easier to to deal with. And uh, the personalities are a lot easier to deal with. And it, it it's great. I like it. it. It's the most random thing. Never thought going into law school, never thought that that would be where I'd end up, but it is fantastic. And was so, this something, was it recession proof? Like it was, were you busy during, huh. not, I don't mean, I, I meant yeah. COVID proof. No. It was pandemic proof. And was it? No, 
it was not. But but I, I laughed because the reason I uh, went into this was because of the recession in 2008. You know, my law firm. So so again, it was like a really big law firm, and they just just sliced off large sections of the firm. And so I had nothing else to do. And uh, so I started this. But during the pandemic, since all of my clients were healthcare, yeah. uh, but it was, you know, it wasn't uh, frontline healthcare. So they had a shutdown. So we had a shutdown. So it wasn't uh, COVID proof, uh, but it was fine. It, it ended up at the end of the year, we were fine. Like, like it turned out okay, but it was certainly scary. Yeah, uh, no, it's a, a and that's something too because of the, I don't know anyone that was going to a dentist for the longest time. I think that yeah. was something that people yeah. put off. I know a lot of people that have just recently <laughs> gone to the yeah. dentist. And... No, I it was uh, yeah, it was nerve wracking for a little bit, but like I said, the year ended up just like any other year. Mm-hmm. So we we turned out okay. Did what you're doing with going into like your your practice or having um, working for the firm? Did that draw you to Dallas? Is that what made you? Move to Dallas? No, I wish I could say yes because it turned out to be very fortuitous. Uh, the industry that I work in is there. There is a center of gravity here in Dallas. I didn't know that when I when I moved back to Texas. It was I. We were living in Ohio and uh, in Cleveland. And I uh, when when I was ready to start this this little law firm, I wanted to move back to Texas and. Um, my wife and I, when we got engaged, we, we, we made a pact that we would never live too close to our parents. She's from uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. And so Cleveland was, you know, two and a half hours away. And so, but, but anyway, it made Austin off the, uh, off the table for us. And I, I, I had to decide between Houston and Dallas, really, because I needed to be in a big city. And so I just, I chose Dallas just because, I don't know. And, uh, and it, anyway, it turned out to work out quite well. For, like I said, this yeah. is a center of gravity in the industry and really help propel things. But, uh, I'd like to, I'd like to think, like to claim credit for <laughs> wonderful strategy happen. there. It, it just <laughs> happened. Were you into photography and barbecue at the time? So I grew up into barbecue and I, I grew up, I don't know that I'd say I was into barbecue, I guess. I was into eating food and, like me. and, and, and uh, yeah, yeah, who doesn't. Right. But I don't know, but barbecue wasn't always uh, that big on the list just because the access to barbecue. I mean, but until I was 30 something, uh, you know, the best bar breast brisket I had ever had was cooked by my uncle in you know, at, at family get togethers. Yeah. But, but in terms of photography, I I've always been interested in photography, even, you know, as a kid, and uh, I had actually at one point intended to go to photo school, like okay. go to art school for photography. Um, I just I got talked out of it. And, what was your first camera? Oh, the first one that was like useful, like professional mm-hmm. was was a Minolta. And I honestly can't remember the model, but it was a uh, yeah, it was a Minolta film camera that I got probably 98, 99, somewhere like that. And, and I only had film camera until 2015 2016 and did you go process your own what, what, did you have a dark room no you i i never did that i always used a lab oh. and i always use good labs uh you know that that using a good lab helps yeah, so yeah. much i took a class like when i in college i went to san diego state and i took a uh, off-campus photography class and i spent one day in a lab like, like doing processing and it was very like just like it's but it had had very unique s- smell the the chemicals 
Yeah, it's I can still remember that viscerally. It's but it, it, at least I got to do it once. But I I didn't do it very very well. How did you get to where you are today with the, <laughs> with this passion and and also too you're use and I want to talk about the gear that you use. The long story of it is, yeah, I was. I, I don't know if you've seen my personal Instagram page. I think you have mm-hmm. because yeah. you know I I've always liked doing natural light photography and i think uh one one day and this is going back to probably like 2019 so so not that long ago so i had just gotten a a digital camera a couple years before that and just had slowly started to get to use it and you realize digital photography is so much different than film photography and so you're kind of learning photography all over again and i was i was listening to this this uh course online and this guy was this instructor was saying people who are into natural light photography. They say that, but it's really because they don't know how to use lights. Hmm. And at first I was like, that's what a bozo. <laughs> and then I got to thinking about it. I'm like, actually, I don't know how to use lights at all. Uh, never used them ever. And so I got me a set of lights. And um, after my kids ran out of patience, uh, being my, my, my test subjects, I was like, man, I need to uh, find a way to practice using lights, but, uh, you know, not, wouldn't do it like on paying clients or anything like that. And so one day it occurred to me, I wonder if these bar, because I was, I was already into barbecue and, and, you know, I guess that's a different story, but I was on, ba- you know, like the Texas barbecue Facebook groups and think things like that. And so I was, I was like, I wonder if any of these dudes will let me take a picture of them where I'm testing out and, you know, if it doesn't work out, then no big deal. Yeah. I, I didn't charge them any money. And, uh, and so that's how it kind of got started. That's interesting. I wasn't into Instagram or social media or anything like that. It, it just, uh, I created that account just so that I could, I could do that, but it was really just a way to test using lights, uh, for photography. That's an entire, that's a whole world unto itself. There is so is. much to learn about lighting and how to like, and a lot of photographers that I follow, that's, I, I look at, I'll zoom in on their rooms or their setups and how they're doing things. And like yeah. I mentioned, there's a good, I have a good friend who she does, she sends me pictures of her lights and how she mm-hmm. does things. And it's yeah. still, I still, I have zero concept of how to do it properly, yeah. but it's, it's yeah. a thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's been a great opportunity to learn and, and a barbecue pit room is a really challenging environment because it's dark mm-hmm. but most of the times it's, it's dark. And so you have to actually rely on lights. Like if you're going to bring a light in, you have to think about it a lot harder than if you were going to bring no lights in. Um, yeah. and, and so it's been really instructive. It, it has kind of served that, that purpose, the, the self-interested side of it. It's served its purpose. That's what birthed this. I, I was curious. As to yeah, that's right. And was Minister of Smoke, was that, did you come up with that during that time or is that a recent thing too? Yeah. I mean, I just, and, and, and technically it's ministers of smoke because people, ministers, yeah, say, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, well, and I say that because people have, have called me like, Oh, Hey, minister of smoke. Like, no, 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 that's not what that that's means. What I meant to say. Misspoke, I'm taking yeah. pictures of these other people who I consider ministers of smoke. I don't know where the name came from. I just, I made it up. Yeah. Like I was, I was creating an Instagram account and I was like, what, what would be an okay name? And I probably went through like 50 different names that had already been taken. And it's that intriguing. was one That's good. that, That's good, that yeah. wasn't taken. And, uh, and so that, that happened. For who was the first person that you took a photo of? Chad Sessions from Smoke Sessions, uh, wow. barbecue here. Yeah, he was, he was great. And I even told Chad, I'm like, I need to come back, uh, because the, you know, that was like my first experience using lights. And, uh, I'd like to think I'm a little bit better now. 
so so the ministers of smoke page probably 90 95 percent of it are, are, are lighted situations okay. so I'm, I'm using lights not all of them but but most of them i just message chat i'm like you need to come back and get a do-over yeah, that's cool um, be, and that'd be kind of so. cool to put them side by side somewhere so right. that way people can see like this right. is it's interesting how you you know learn and progress what's with and that that's also something that's unique too because you take photos of other things within the barbecue world when you go shoot these mm-hmm. people but it's mainly the people the the actual yeah. cooks that's cooks, right it, it's guess, meant to be unquote, like yeah. portraits yeah that's portraits. right yeah that, right so that's that was the goal and but while i'm there i'll try to take you know oh, if sure. anything else is interesting let me try to try to take some pictures of it. Because there always is. There is always, uh, you know, some some places have more compelling. Of course. So, some places are more photogenic than others, mm-hmm. and and have more more things to take pictures of. But yeah, every there's always something to take more pictures of. You've really created a collection of people, and especially like you, your recent trip to Arizona and your recent trip to Portland. Those trips, you really did hit a lot of people. That was tell, like tell me about your recent adventures and your recent travels so i've actually only done one of these trips where it's been total barbecue where like that was the the reason i went all these all these trips are business trips where i have to go somewhere for for work and so while i'm going to be there i i'm like well who's who's doing barbecue there and a lot of these places already know about like little miss in arizona Mm -hmm. i i went there probably like 2014 15 somewhere in that range and it was blown away way back then. And mm-hmm. so when I went back, I'm like, okay, let me call up uh little miss and let's see who else is doing some barbecue out there. And uh, yeah, usually I have some lead time. I know that, that I'm going to be out there in the next couple of months. And so I'll, I'll do a little bit of research. So when I went to Portland, I you know, already knew that there, were, I'd already met Mark McCourt from against the grain. I already knew Holy Trinity and, I just did some research and, and found some other people. And, you know, sometimes the schedule doesn't work out, but uh, I try to set up as many. So instead of sleeping while I'm on business trips, I try to line up as many of these as, as I can and, and take pictures. And, uh, and that's, yeah, that's that. I mean, yeah. not mu- much more to it. than Yeah, than no, that. it's really so. cool. How many did you go to four places in Portland or five? In Portland, it was four. Four. And then um, I think in, I think also in Arizona, it was four as well. I'll, I'll have links to all that because they're, they're really cool photos. And they're also, it's a good roadmap for people to see what, uh, you know, what these people, and it's, that's also too a reason why I do these is I like people to be able to see the person in their mannerisms. And so that way, when they do visit their location, they kind of, they kind of know them a little bit more. That's sort of my hope. That's my, my goal. And that's at least now if people see you out in the wild, so to speak, they'll be like, Oh, that's a guy that I've seen. I've seen his Instagram. Like a lot of people know sure. people by their Instagram, but they have sure. no idea yeah. who they are. Like it's just, right. oh, you're that guy. Okay. And it's ministers right. of smoke. So what, what kind of tools do you use and what kind of lighting do you use? Cause it's, that, that's interesting. I, yeah, what, what yeah. to use a Fuji film. So, so yeah, I've got two cameras now. So I started out with a Nikon D810 okay. and which is, which was fine. It was a, it's a great camera, but because it's in really low light, it was just, it was just, it had its struggles. And and that was kind of an older camera and it was never like top of the line when it, even when I had it. So, but, but it was outdated, you know, I was using old technology. So I got this Fujifilm, it's this quasi medium format uh, camera. So it's, it has a bigger sensor than the 35 millimeter cameras and, and the pixels on it are actually 
physically larger as well. So it allows you to capture low light situations without all the digital noise that you uh. would. So, so like, so like if you have your iPhone, which is obviously has a small chip, yeah. you know, if, if it's really low light, it has to, it has to work really hard to take that picture and it's going to be grainy, really, really noisy. And it's common. Opposite. A lot of people see that. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so people know that they know that I'm going to get a better picture in sunlight than I, than in a closet, yeah. but it's because the, the computer in the, in the camera is working uh, so hard to capture as much light, just it's just straining mm -hmm. for light. And you see that strain in the digital, digital image. It has a bigger sensor with bigger pe pixels and it has, I mean, it's 102 megapixels. So, I mean, it has significantly more pixels than, mm -hmm. than most other cameras. So it allows you to capture an image and, and not look really grainy. Um, not, not as grainy. So and you notice that right, like right, right after you got it, you probably, it was uh, instant. It, it makes me look like a way better photographer than I really am. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, 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 it's a dramatic improvement, um, on, I mean, it's just no other way to put it. It, it's quite clearly better. Than, did you rent it first or did you just yeah. pull the trigger? Okay. Yeah. So I had, I had rented one just to, to test it out and it was like, okay, well, I can't go back now. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the only drawback though, is that it's really slow. So it's, it's better for portraits. And, and so that was the first time I shot with it. I was like, okay, well, this isn't, this isn't a perfect solution. So I actually picked up, um, I traded in all my old Nikon gear, which I had, I had more than I needed. <laughs> And so I, was actually, I, I also picked up a, a Sony and that allows me to shoot. So it's 61 megapixels. So it's still a really good camera and it's really tiny, but it allows me to capture at really high rates. So, so like if somebody's doing action. So use that for that. That's right. So somebody is like wrapping meats or something like that, then that's the camera I pull out to take those pictures because it, it can snap at a high rate. Oh, interesting. So, so do you use a, then you use a tripod for your other camera or no? Yeah, that's right. No, I, I always do. You don't need to. It has what's called an IBIS, which is this, this image stabilization system in it. And it does really well, but I think that I would rely on that if I was outdoors. And so indoors, I must always shoot on a tripod if it's the, the Fuji film. It seems like a lot of people use tripods that you might not know that. I think that's, it's, it makes a lot of sense, and I and I've had issues sometimes where I'm like my photos are blurry or blurry at points, and someone said, "Well, have yeah. you have you used a tripod?" That's sometimes yeah. that's your hands I, shaking. Without I never you knowing. started. That's right. That's yeah, for sure. And and you start to see that. I never used. I didn't even own a tripod until I started doing this ministers of smoke thing because, gotcha. you know, you're in these these dark rooms, and you just in order to capture, you just it's so much more helpful to have the the tripod do you have a tripod that you like yeah i, ha I mean i the one i have is the one i like uh convenient <laughs> conveniently That's enough. Awesome. but no i uh, i did a lot of research um i i guess i have some other tripods but really right stuff is i mean it's just a phenomenal piece of equipment it's called really so, right stuff yeah the brand i, I spent a lot of time <laughs> sounds, thinking sounds about the name. yeah but uh, it's called really right stuff is the brand and That's it's funny. just machined so well it, it's just it moves it moves it's so stable but i had an old tripod and the ball head would uh you know if you um it just it wouldn't hold the camera uh and and it would fall down and it's, it's kind of a bigger camera and so you just yeah really right stuff is great wow. great uh tripod company do you use uh, any filters at all 
Well, because I am in a dark room, I almost never use filters because anytime you put any type of glass in front of your lens, it cuts down on the amount of light that's hitting the sensor. And so almost never, ever, ever, I, I use filters like, like I just did a, this, this trip to Utah, um, this, uh, this, uh, Southern Utah, that one photo, not that you, the, but there's one photo that I just looked at recently. Gorgeous with the, that building with I me, mean, that structure and then the, Oh, yeah. Um, so, so that, I, I don't know if I use a filter for that, but that would have been something that I probably would have okay. used to what's, what's called like a neutral density filter. And that just allows you to you know, you capture a little bit more like on clouds and, and things like that. So, yeah, so I'll use it, but, but for ministers of smoke, no, okay. the answer is no, I never use filters uh, for this stuff. And you mentioned lighting. So what kind of lighting do you use? That's all. So I, I, I got some pro wood there. The brand is called pro photo. And, uh, and, and I just, I just think they're super smooth, uh, in their light and they have some flexibility. Like I can change the color temperature of it. So, I mean, one problem, if you have like a fire in a pit room and it's casting this really orangey light, and then you have a traditional strobe, which are going to be like at 5,500 Kelvin, you know, you have two different, it just looks fake. Right. And, and, and so allowing a little, flexibility in, in terms of color temperature and, and things like that just it's just so much easier to work with do you have it remotely connected to your camera or do you have one that's right okay. yeah yeah that's right so it, it it has a little radio commander on the uh camera and it, and it tells you and it's really nice because you can turn the the light up and down um, oh, and it allows you to control multiple lights at once and so it, yeah, it makes it super easy. And you've learned like this is these are all like tricks of the trade, so there's your own. But like, do you you've learned different ways, like different places to place lighting? Like that's that's trial and error. That's just time. That's just learning, right? Yeah, that's. I mean, that was the whole point of this was, hey, what's a what's a good way to learn how to, uh, you know, because you can only watch so many YouTube videos about something before. I mean, it's kind of like the barbecue thing. You can only watch so many how to trim brisket videos before you have to actually trim the brisket. Yes. So I usually usually I have a like a, a you know I've looked at a place's Instagram or whatever, and so I have some idea of what their pit room looks like or what they're working. Not always, but but most of the times I do. And so I'll I'll think about it, and I'm like, okay, I wonder what this is gonna you know what's gonna work here, and based on this the way this person looks. And so I have like a, a rough idea, but when I when I go in, like, hey, this is what I'd like to try. But then when I go there, I. Yeah, try, try to be open, open-minded, and say, "Oh, maybe, maybe that's not going to work, and let's let's do it this way." And then we just, you know, we just try to experiment with different lighting to see what's going to work. And then you provide the people, the pitmaster, so to speak, with photos, right? You, you... Yeah, that's right. So that's kind of the trade. Well, no, it's cool, and I'm sure, and I've seen them use your photos, and I love your photos. Or it's. And it's it's different than other photographers, and every photographer is different, and everyone has right. their own style. And you've created your own style, and it, it's fun, right? You enjoy it. Oh, I have a blast. I mean, this is, uh, I mean, it has turned into something more than I expected, and I have a great time with it. And it and it is a great opportunity to learn. I learn a tremendous amount every time I I go somewhere because every single pit room in Pitmaster it presents a new opportunity to learn because they're different. And uh, different different challenge. Some of them are really challenging environments. It's a great 
great testing field to try different things out. And How many people have you shot? Do you know? Have you kept count? I don't know, but I'm guessing it's probably close to the 40, 50 range. Yeah. And so somewhere in that, somewhere in that range. They're really great. Well, let's, let's talk about your other projects too. So that you have a couple <laughs> other things, what you have a podcast, right? I do, which has nothing to do with any other thing, any other aspect of my life. But it has, but it has something to do with you though. It's your own. Yeah, that's right. Head. Yeah. <laughs> you know, ever since I was a little kid, I've always been interested in military history. So like, so when I'm not doing work or photography, I, I read um, military history. And so we have a podcast that talks about obscure military battles. Cause you always read these, these books and you're like, man, why, why don't more people know about this? This is such a, this was a pivotal moment in history and nobody even has heard of it. And so that's where, the, where that podcast came from. What's it called? It's uh, called Battle Rattle. Battle so, Rattle. Okay. I'll put links yeah. to all that too, because then I'd actually, okay. I'm going to, prior to, uh, to putting this out, I'll listen to it because I'm curious about that and I'm curious about battle, but I just don't, and, and I know there's probably a lot of people that do them, but since I like what you do and I like your passion, I want to listen to it and see if I can learn more about, you know, military battles yeah. and, and ones that are important. And I think, it's it's interesting too what stands out in the history books like for schools that way like for what what yeah. what we hear about and then there's like a thousand other battles or things that are pivotal moments within yeah. that war that you never hear about and that's what I love right. too when you see a movie about something yeah. like oh I didn't know that was so important it changed right. the course of yeah well that's that's kind of why I'm so interested in it in in history class when we're kids we're it's you know it's a lot of dates and facts and yeah. and 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 stuff like that. But in this podcast, I think what attracts me is is the why. Why did they do this? Like why did they fight in the first place? And why? Oh cool. You, you know why why did they make these decisions? It it wasn't because that guy was just a dummy. And so we we talk about like the constraints that they faced and you know different weaponry and 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 things like that. So I mean I I have a great time with it. It. How many it's episodes really do you have? So we, the, we've only done the first season, so it's only seven episodes for the first one, and, and the next season should be released, I think, in about a month or two. Cool. Yeah. So we record them in advance, and then and then release them. But you know, it yeah, it's just a, another opportunity to it's a passion. It's a, to keep learning about stuff. I I think I enjoy learning. Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, it's. It's uh, it's fun to learn. I sound like a nerd. No, that's no, that's without learning, without new things to explore. I think I, yeah. I go insane. So that's that's where that comes from. Your your brain's not stagnant, especially during these times. And this will be this is it's still these times. It still is still we still right, are semi semi stuck. What's your future plan? Like, do you plan on once things open up more? Do you you're just gonna keep hitting barbecue joints, right, and taking photos? I mean, I so I set out with a particular like objective when I, when I started this and I, at some point I'm going to hit like, like uh, a, that, that, well, I have this preconceived number of barbecue okay. joints that, that I, that I want to hit, but I'm never going to stop going to barbecue joints. I don't know that I'll hit it as, as fast and furious as I do now, mm -hmm. but I, I think that this thing has kind of evolved for me personally, you know, it started out very self-interested and, Hey, I, I want to just help myself. And and the more time you spend with these guys, these, these guys and girls, I, you you just want to help. And I don't think so. I'm never going to stop eating barbecue unless the doctor forces me to. Or and I'm never going to stop being interested in photography. And and I think importantly now, 
I'm never going to stop being interested in helping. Like, like if, 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 if anything I do can help, which, which I don't, I mean, I don't have a huge audience or anything, but if anything I do can help keep these people in people's consciousness For sure. and inspire them to go eat at, and, and, and help these people out, then I, then I want to be helpful. So I, I don't, I don't know that there's ever going to be like, like I said, there's, there's a, like kind of this preconceived end project ministers of smoke, but I, I think I'll always keep yeah. doing it to some degree. I just, I just don't know what it's going to look like or, you know, what results out of it. I'm, I might do a book um, at I, some point. I was going to say, um, I think it, it definitely makes sense that you, you would want to do yeah. something, something, even if it's a self-published book, right. I think people would dig it. I think like, even if you did like a hundred signed copies or the thousand signed yeah. copies. It, yeah. It, I, I probably will do something with it, but, but anyway, I don't, I don't know what it's going to look like like in a year from now. Mm-hmm. Um, actually in about a year is when I think I'll be done with, with my preconceived objectives. Anyway, I, I, I don't know where it will go, but like I said, if I can, if I can stay helpful and, and, and I'll always keep eating barbecue and in this summer, actually, I, I have some plans to, to hit up cool. a bunch more, nice. um, a bunch more places. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But in terms of getting a hold of me, I, I think on Instagram is the easiest way The ministers of smoke. Uh, Instagram pages is, uh, and we have some things rolling out. I think I'm going to do a website, okay. like a Ministers of Smoke website. And you have a logo. Someone made your logo, right? Yeah, Zach uh, Oldham uh, made, made I a love, logo. I out, love so. Zach. I, I, I wanted to, to give him He's a shout gifted. out without giving him a shout out, but I guess I am. But yeah, yeah. yeah so he made, he made, yeah. it's a really killer logo. Yeah, no, he did a great job and uh, made some stickers up. I was interested I that people even wanted them. I'm like, oh, that's kind of. That's cool that that somebody would would even. I need to I need to write you off. I would like to give. I'll, we, yeah. could, we could we could trade. Do you have yeah. you don't have my do you have my sticker? I don't think so. Okay. No. no I was no. I was shocked. Like when I when I came out with stickers, people were like, "Give me, can you send me a sticker or I'll pay you?" And I'm like, yeah. "What?" <laughs> yeah. And Zach I, I made my stuff surprised. too. And I've gotten a lot of stickers in my now. My wife uh, makes fun of me for being in this sticker club. Cool. And so, awesome. um, but, uh, no, it's, it's, it's really cool. And, and uh, to the extent I can, uh, like I said, be helpful, then, yeah. then I probably will keep doing, you know, minister smoke, but because it's fun, it's, yeah. uh, you know, I think one of the things that for, for me is I get to do photography on my, since I'm not a full-time photographer, I get to do it on my terms and, you know, when and want, when I get to take pictures of what I want to take pictures of. That's a nice so, place to be. Yeah. And, and this is what I, I like, I, I like the whole food idea. I've got some other things that I, I'm, I've lined up in terms of other food stuff, but, cool. uh, but, but as far as ministers of smoke, we'll, we'll keep it going as long as, Nice. I don't know until, There's until my lot. camera breaks. So, <laughs> but yeah, I am looking forward to, uh, you know, trying new things out with mm-hmm. new pitmasters out there. And, and so we'll see, uh, we'll see where it keeps going. And if you're a cook or a pitmaster at a barbecue place and you're watching this or listening to this, just reach out via DM. If you want, you know, if you want you, if, if, if they want you to come by at some time, you could put it on your list of places to travel once things yeah. do open up at a, I'm sure people do reach out to you now, right? Yeah, they do. Although most of it's been like me doing the research and saying, "Hey, do you want to? Yeah. Will, will you will you do this?" But but yeah, I've had I've had. I'm sure you have a few people. Reach out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's been it's been fun. The ones that I'm really looking forward to, uh, not at the exclusion of other people, but I've had some international people reach yeah. out, and and I'm 
uh, it, I had I had hoped uh, I was in the, the negotiation process with my wife right before COVID hit to go down to like maybe Brazil and Argentina where they they do a lot of uh, that'd be fun yeah a lot, lot of smoking meats um, and and live fire cooking uh, down there but uh, then COVID hit and yeah that didn't uh, that, did, that didn't work out so the negotiation will have to happen again. I postponed it, and and so um, I'll have to reopen negotiations with the, with the lady, and uh, we'll see we'll see where that gets me. People will know whether or not it's successful. Exactly. If you if you see pictures of Brazil uh, on my feed, very cool. We'll follow along, and I'll put links to all that stuff. And then Battle Rattle is the podcast, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's Battle Battle Rattle. It's on all the podcast catchers yeah. out there so cool awesome well thank you for taking the time and i i look forward to hanging out you and with you in the real world when and yeah <laughs> when it does happen and uh thanks a lot kevin Bye. appreciate it